crazy, disruptive, explicit. We say it like it is. Real world sales and marketing. Real stories from the road. Yeah, it's the real shit. This is the Recavic Podcast. There it is. It is the Recavic Podcast. I sure do like sure do like that Recavic Podcast. That guy sounds yeah. awesome. He does. He, he does. sounds really good. All the time. Well, hey, everybody. I am Trevor T. Brown Brown. I think that's what they call me. Or Big Stick. They call me Big Stick sometimes. This time of year. Yes. This yeah, time yeah. of year. It's GFY season. And we are Big Stick now. So that's my yeah. seasonal name. Did you Did you give me a new nickname? I did. <laughs> I made up a nickname uh, for you. That. I thought of a bunch of them, honestly. I had so many nicknames for you. And then I was like... I like, that one rise I like yeah, I like spanky because it's like you just spank the ball. Like I love like how you and I are golf partners and we step up yeah. to the tee box and everyone thinks, oh, there's the big hitter. That's big stick Brown. He's big, the big, big stick. Fella. And then you outdrive me by 40 yards. And I, <laughs> and I think it's, that's hilarious. So I just thought spanky was a good one. Jody spanky Sally, you know, that's his it golf does, nickname. I, yeah. I and like then could you get up there and you spank it, you spank it. So I hope hope that happens this year. I was gonna go. Year. I was gonna go with Jody Stroke it, Sally, oh, and I whoa, thought that whoa. that had too many meanings. Yeah, that could be construed in the wrong way. <laughs> so can Spanky, but okay. So this is my co-host Jody Spanky Sally, <laughs> <laughs> I'll and take it. and my beautiful bride oh. Heather, the girl boss, mm-hmm. Herring Hyphen Brown. Yes. Got to make oh, sure make sure you get the the hyphen in there. How do you spell is the hyphen? hyphen? Out? Yeah, yeah. yeah, do you spell hyphen? <laughs> it's just, no, is no, there a it's pH just, in there? It's a line, and I actually have to remember to like put it when I'm like signing checks because that's how I signed it originally, not thinking. So it has to be there. Hmm. How do you know if it's a hyphen versus a dash? I mean, big difference. I could go sideways. Yeah, big sideways. difference. If you don't know, is dude, you don't long, know. If a, is a hyphen longer? Oh, huge. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> Maybe you can, Trump says Jody, it's huge. Jody hyphen, Sally. <laughs> hey. Hyphen ain't my own name. It's spanky hyphen, <laughs> Sally. <laughs> Sally. <laughs> I like it. I think that yeah. works. Word on the street is you might be changing your last name here pretty soon anyway, so. Yeah, somebody asked me if I was getting married. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not happening anytime. Taking her name. Soon. Um. But yeah, some life changes. Yeah. yeah, things are going really good. Found myself a, a lovely lady, and it's one a, of those a lovely like, home on a lovely yeah. golf course. Yeah, All the cool the kids live on golf courses. Yeah, if somebody were to be like, "Hey, so like uh, five year plan, <laughs> what would you like to see?" and I wrote it all out and submitted it, and then they handed it back and they're like, "Okay, everything checks out. You're good. Just go get in line over there." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, serious? Oh, okay. huh. Oh, it's kind of bullshit. Isn't on it that funny one. how sometimes it just works out? It, man, it is. I was always jealous of you two, for good reason, because you're both amazing. Mm-hmm. And I was True. like, I want to do that, and now I'm there, and I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> really helps. So, really helps. Yeah. You have an awesome chick that likes to golf, and you live on a golf course. I yeah. love it. So I would highly and in a super successful, highly rated. Uh, podcast. That's yeah, another very good thing. Yes. Very, yeah. That that was World on his five year plan too. Yeah. That was there. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. We did good. So we'll jump into it since we've got over the personal stuff here. Um we actually 
have been dealing with, uh, I mean, as everybody knows, we're in the building industry. We're very active. Heather is actually the incoming state president of the uh, Home Builders Association. Um, I'm our national rep for the state, so I go back and do our our DC stuff uh, and things for the for the state. Um, we get involved a little bit in our local because I think that's probably the biggest thing you can do is everybody says they can't make a difference. Well, I'm not asking you to be a fucking state senator, but you could definitely go volunteer for your school board or your homeowners association or whatever and get your voice all of heard. The above. <laughs> yeah, or or just do them all like we do. But um, yeah, not at the same time. <sighs> the fine, yeah. the fine print you miss. Uh, hash you know, or uh, the little asterisk here is you don't get paid for any of them. Just so you know, we call them our free jobs. Yeah, they're free jobs. They don't pay us anything, but they take up most of our time. But anyway, um, so we're getting very active with the local association, just trying to um, get involved and 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 not you know we're trying to be positive like educate the local uh municipalities on kind of what builders do and and how we do things and 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 you know kind of help with this demonizing that we're dealing with in our industry of like builders being the bad guy like we're we're all just a bunch of money hungry selling to people from California for top dollar you know they they act like we put a house on the market for a million dollars and if a Californian comes in and gives us two million because they just are from California. That's not the way they, it is. No, they act like we don't care and we don't have kids that are trying to buy houses in this market as well. Right. Like we're, we live here too. So like we're all trying to get around. So so we, we basically have got more involved and we started an association where we want to be uh, more educational to the um, to the city and counties and stuff like that. And um, it just brought to light something that I think that we all need to think about and that is, I think is worth a discussion or a, or a podcast is that what we really are seeing is people have great intentions, which I love. Jody always uses the word intention. That's a bingo card word right yep. there. Cause I think yep. intention is amazing. I think these people have amazing intentions. They want the best. <clears throat> what they don't think about is how that has to happen. And, and sometimes they even get that step down. They're like, Oh, I know how it happens. And you're like, okay, then how does that happen? You know, where's the money come from to make that <laughs> right. happen? You know, they're like, well, just buy more. And you're like, oh, okay, well, who's going to give us the money for that? So it's it's very interesting. And I, I kind of started really digging into it and thinking about it because I was like, I got mad at the, the, the city or the people that we were talking to a little bit because I was like, you know, God, you're just being stupid. And then I look at them like, no, when you sit in a room with them and you start having a, a good conversation, you're like, you're you're genuinely a good person trying to do a good thing. You just don't know They're, how this works. Ignorance. Yeah, you're That's writing, ignorance, writing right? a plan for a perfect world scenario is what you're doing. Right, which we all would love that, but the world's not perfect. And so and so it was kind of interesting to, like, stop and have a, like, kind of a calm, like, breakdown, almost whiteboard-type session with them to be like, okay, and they say, well, here's what we'd like. We would like uh, to have affordable housing for everyone. We said, okay, you know, golf clap. All right, yay. Okay, yeah, that. And me, define, me, me define affordable in their plan. Right. Uh, um, so our, our average house right now in this market is probably right around, we're probably like Boise, it's probably around 600000 I Probably probably our median, Six yeah. median. It's probably a 600000 median home price right now. They said they would like us to build homes. Us as builders, what we could do to help them is to build homes somewhere between a hundred and sixty-six thousand dollars and four hundred thousand. Mm. That's affordable. That's what they want for affordable housing. So, 
We had to inform them that's not possible because most of the lots we're buying are somewhere around a hundred to two hundred thousand. So the whole budget is gone. The other thing they don't understand is that, and this was talking. This is honestly, I brought this up in the meeting. This was me talking to the government. I said, "Do you understand? Before we break ground, you, as the government, gets twenty five percent of the total home cost." to you before we ever shovel one piece of dirt. So if you want us to build, uh, you know, say a, a $400,000 house, uh, you guys are making $100,000 in permits, fees, and impact fees before we ever even start digging. And they both just looked at me with this dumbfounded look like, what? Uh, no, I, I really <laughs> didn't know that. Like, okay, well, yeah, so we're a hundred grand in the hole before we ever even start digging. Then we have to buy the material. So are you wanting the people at the material place to make less money? Because you want those, the people that are buying these affordable houses work at the lumber yard. Well, the lumber yard can't sell anything at a loss. So if the lumber's really expensive, because you guys have put tariffs on other countries that are trying to send us inexpensive lumber, and you don't want us to do any ourselves because you don't want us to cut trees down. So the lumber's high. <laughs> you know, like you just start like really kind of breaking down. It's almost like going deeper into the recipe, you know. Okay, what does it take to make the sausage, right? Everybody just wants the sausage. What's it take to make the sausage? So we start going through this and then it was kind of funny they kind of backpedal. Like, okay, no, 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 okay. Well, we get that. Well, here here's what we want. We want subsidies from the government. So we there's a lot of money out there that we can get from the federal government and we need you to help us get that money. So we're like, okay, so you want more subsidies to make it affordable so that they somehow give us money or pay for the materials or do something? Yes, yes, yes. I go, okay, so you want higher taxes? No. No, 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 no. We want lower taxes. Okay, so where's the subsidies come from? They come from taxes. So if we want more subsidies, we need more taxes. No, 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 no. They came from subsidy trolls. Don't they work in the mines? They are actually made from unicorn farts. Is what a lot oh, of people don't understand. Where, Subsidies are I made by. Off. That's why they're I so off, rare. It's off gassing from unicorn farts. Yeah. Well, so. it's you have to have ultraviolet light to see it. So I get it. <laughs> so it's just sense. it's just interesting. It was it was a very educational couple hours sitting down and trying to you know I mean it's kind of funny on, we on come there. Parts. To, I mean you have yeah. to you have to give them credit because we learn we we thought that we were going to have this hour long luncheon and um that would be it we. And they literally sat there. I think we were, like you said, two hours into it. And and we were still kind of going through. It, it really opened everybody's eyes. And it opened the lines of communication going, you know, for, for everyone involved. Yeah, they want, they want more meetings with us and stuff. Yeah. So I, I think what it did, um, and then, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm always looking at like podcast topics or what the, you know, how does this play into other things, not just this. And I, and I think there's a lot of people in business that do that. I think a lot of people in business think, well, they're like, why, well, you know, and I mean, just as simple as like, I, yeah, I want to start a, I want to start a, a, a surfboard company and I'm going to make a bunch of surfboards. I'm just going to hang out at the beach and make surfboards. And you're like, right. cool. Okay. Well, how much does it cost for the material to make a surfboard? Well, I don't know, man. I just, I just I'm just going to make surfboards. I'm going to sell them for Follow a bunch of money. Heart, bro. Follow my and I'm going to surf all day and I'm going to, you know, whatever you're, you're, you know, and trust me, I have a fucking poster in my warehouse that says do shit you love with, you know, I mean, I've had it in my office. I've had it in the, in the warehouse. I'm a big fan of doing shit you love, but I'm also a realist. Like that shit you love has to make you some money. You can't just completely, right. it's, got it's, it's got to pencil out. Right. So like, I think a lot of people, um, 
and I don't know if it's where we've evolved to as a society or if it's, you know, the way, you know, participation trophies are panning out for everybody because we're now the generation of where they started doing the, gen- you know, those kids that started getting participation trophies are now adults. And I, I wonder if that's part of it. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know where your take is on it, but it's, it's, it's just, I feel like we've created this whole group of people that are just like, yeah, I have a great idea, but they have no thought process of how it's going to happen. Well, the idea of too big to fail, right? That's part of it. But if you don't give people enough room as a, as a coach, as a parent, as, as a manager, all of those things, the value of learning through failure, you just can't replace it. And if we never let our kids fail, if we never, if we never let kids come in last, if we never let them get their ass handed to them in some type of a situation, they don't really truly learn the value of it. And I mean, you can go back and think of probably a hundred stories of being a young man or a young lady and learning the hard way, but how that lesson stuck with you. You, you look at things in a different way because you're the one that has to figure that stuff out. You look at as you're figuring out how to do things at your work, you've got, a huge reservoir of experience from all of the lessons that you've learned. You, there's more shit in your brain that you forgot than a whole bunch <laughs> of people know. And and you, it's what's funny is we kind of take that for granted a little bit. And I would put us in the Gen Xers in kind of that in between. You've got the the boomers, and then you got the World War II generation that came out of the Great Depression. I mean, it's really interesting to look at it from a from a historical perspective. The boomers grew up watching their parents scrounge and save dryer lint and recycle everything in the universe because that's just the way that the world was. If you look at where we're at now, there's kids that are so concerned with having their phone and being on social media and gaming. There's a disconnect between the value of what of what they're doing, but there's also a disconnect between the consequences of not doing it right. The consequences of, did you think all the way through that process? Where does that come from? But where does that come from? And how does that whole thing work together? What's the, what's the, I always talk to my kids about what I call the construct. What's the construct of the system so that you understand when you pull this lever, that happens and that happens and that happens. You're always going to have an outcome based off of your action or inaction. What's the outcome and understanding when you pull that lever so, for example, take a marketing, right? You may spend a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of money and budget on marketing. If you're not prepared to meet that demand, you might put yourself in a big hole and shoot yourself in the foot. Right. Because you didn't, you didn't think through the whole you process. Yeah, didn't scale properly. Right. And that's one of the things that, that we do as a marketing and advertising agency. Our expertise is poking holes in the big holistic type of approach to all that stuff of making sure that are you talking to the right audience? Are you leveraging the right things? Who is your audience? Do you even know? Like all those different things. So the the municipality that you're talking about, understanding the demands and how things work with those different audiences and how do you balance all that stuff? If you don't have an idea of the construct of how it all works, where does that money come from? You don't get A without doing B. If you pull this lever, it does this outcome. And understanding that is is incredibly complex. The pace at which it changes, 
is faster than it's ever been in human history. So how do you keep up? Right. It's, it's, it's really, really hard to do. And it, it takes, it takes an intentionality. Bingo word, bingo word. Bingo. Yeah. But if you, if you take it into business too, like you have a lot of businesses and we were talking about this earlier today where they, they want projections and sales reports and they want all of this stuff. And that, that speaks to me, the, the accounting side of it, uh, mm-hmm. you know, speaks to me for, I, I want, I want to look at, you know, where were we last year? Where are we going? What, what right. am I thinking? Like, what are my customers coming up? I want to see all of that. However, that that's, is important to me. That is not what helps Trevor to go out and make sales. He doesn't want to sit and do reports and projections and do that kind of thing. So what? I'll sit and argue with you all day that you don't that reports don't pay anybody. No, no, no. But okay, but you can't, you can't. You can't improve. You can't improve upon something if you can't track it. To a point, but we get too tied up in it because yes. unless you're having, here's my only concern: if you are having supply chain issues, then you need reports to project what kind of supply you need. Other than that, big businesses are doing it left and right. I, I've had conversations this week with guys that I know very well that are working for a company that was acquired by another large company, and that, and they're literally every one of them is on the friggin' brink of losing their mind because they said all we are do, all they want us to do is do reports. But it's the same thing when you have a, when you have a new company that's starting and you're trying to figure out what you need to order and and what you know how fast it's going out. When do you need to order to get new stuff in and supplies? Yeah, you have to it's be a, aware. It's a, it's a scaling problem. It's there's there's right. so many things around it, and I think that there's a uh, a balance there that you can figure out and, and you have to work to your strengths. And I think that too much, too much focus on sales reports and organizing your desk and, and making sure that your email box is cleaned out and all these things, like that's not making money. You have to focus on those money-making activities. However, that right. does not mean that the other things are not important. Well, and I'll, I'll expand on that. So for, for what I do, I have to say you come to me with a video project. And you want me to scope it out and give you a bid. If I haven't been keeping track and if I'm not tracking all the data of how long does it take me to, to turn around, I need, I need to concept this, I need to write it, I need to gather all my assets. If I got to film it, I got to film it. And then the editing process, the export process, revisions, all those different things, those are all part of the tracking of understanding, okay, how long does it take? If I'm not tracking that correctly, and I'm not paying attention to that. And I'm like, eh, it takes maybe five hours. But in reality, it actually took 10 hours. Exactly. The next time, the next time I scope that and I, and I look back and I'm like, eh, looks like I, I mean, I went into the system and I tracked it. looks like I put five hours into that. And then I, re, I rebid a new project at five hours again. I just lost, I lost five hours work, right? And I put myself behind, which uh, now I'm not making money because I'm, basically making half on the the job that should have taken me 10 hours, but I only bid it for five. So the balance of understanding how to track the metrics, we we talk about a lot about data informed decisions. You got to have the data in order to make a good decision. But at the end of the day, the data only informs the action of doing the thing. Correct. It's building the house. It's doing the video. It's um, however you let your people go do their stuff but when you get 
exactly what Heather's talking about. The larger the company you get, the more scaling you get, the more you lean into the processes of stuff because you have to keep it all organized. But you lose track of what the meat of the whole thing is about. So if you're a company that makes glasses, if you're not making glasses, you're not making money. You can do all the reports you want about efficiencies about the glasses, but if you're too busy making the report and you're not making glasses, you're not making money. Yeah, I'm gonna glasses. I'm gonna admit something on air that uh, a lot of people have never heard. I I want to say I've made a mistake, and uh, <laughs> I'm so glad that we're recording this. Holy shit! Um, I'm gonna Jody. You have to like I gotta give you this audio, and then you're gonna just like separate just that little bit where he says he made a mistake. And yeah, so I can play I it back it. for him on demand. I yeah, am going to be. Look at the timer. Look at the timer. See what time it is. 2028. I am going to admit that I I just was sitting here listening to you guys contemplating my statements. And I want to, uh, in my defense, I was triggered. Uh, you guys used trigger words that uh, set yep, me off. Yep. Uh, the trigger word was reports. Yep. Uh, anytime I hear reports or uh, Excel sheet, I get triggered, and that's what happened. And I actually went a little <laughs> bit left field from what the topic is, which is thinking through the process. So I, I admit I was wrong. Uh, you do need to do some reporting and some stuff. I, as much as I hate fucking reports, I will say that uh, you guys are correct. Because getting back to what the subject is, the, and not being triggered by the report word. Um, <laughs> part of what I'm frustrated with is even within our own job sites and stuff is, is just the ability to project like a report, project what we're going to need to do later that day or later that hour or tomorrow or whatever. And, and it, it affects our efficiencies. And I was telling Jody, um, you know, I had to talk with the guys on the job site the other day because it was like, Hey, I need you to, palletize these things because I'm going to come back with a skid steer with forks and we're going to put it on the pallet or on a trailer and I'm going to haul it out of here and I'm going to take these and then I'm going to put those on that and I'm gonna, I kind of went through it but I didn't like say hey put this pallet first put this pallet right. here but I didn't I didn't break it way way down right because I just kind of figured like I told them what I'm doing you gave you gave an overall uh uh, uh you know 20,000 foot yeah, you this is it. what I'm doing. I'm coming back to get this stuff, and mm-hmm. I got to put it on the trailer. I did specify a little bit on like the heavy stuff goes on the bottom, and then I'll put this on top. Just kind of working through it in my head as I'm telling them, thinking that they would be like, "Oh, that's okay." So if he's going to pick up those first, then we're going to put those at the end of the job site, and then we're going to put these at the back of the. And they did it exactly the opposite, and so so I ended up spending the whole time moving it around, and it and you know, and I I sat down with them, and like I said, they're great about. It. I said, "Hey." Let me just explain to you why I'm frustrated. Like, I need you to think ahead of what you're doing. Like, I need you, I don't need you to put out, you know, put these things in the crate. I need you to put them in the crate and think, okay, we're putting them in the crate because they're going to go on the trailer and then they're going to go to the next job site and the next job site is going to be easier because these are going to be in order. Like, I need them to think ahead. and, And there's a lot of things that I see in society in general, not just my guys, where I'm like, are you thinking about how this, if you just do it a little bit different, it's going to make things easier in the future, right? Like, and I, you know, we can, we can loop this into so many different things where it's like, um, you know, politics or whatever, where it's like, Hey, if we just, how about you set this up? Because like three years from now, there's going to be a new guy in here and you're going to need to work with him or, or, or how about if we like 
do this this way in case, you know, like, I mean, I got to imagine I'm totally pulling this out of my ass, but like in marketing, it's like, how about we write this commercial this way in case this guy doesn't play for this team anymore? Or how about we, or, or, well, that's, or how so about we, write, you, you know, that. we're dealing with that right now. Yeah. So you look at, so we had a contract. We still have it with Justin Herbert. Right. Right. Justin Herbert is now the highest paid player in the NFL. Um, Good call. That complicates that complicates our ability to do stuff with him because we're a smaller fish. Where he was but, happy to be on with you guys. Oh, yeah. oh, I get to do a commercial. Oh, great! And now it's like yeah, it's, everyone wants him. <laughs> but but being here's but here's the here's the thing, and this is where I'll pay um, Eddie, my boss, massive props. He's got the vision to see where that stuff's going, and so he puts. I talk about this a lot. I talk about it with my kids. I talk about it with people uh, that I'm mentoring, junior members of the team. Positioning is everything. Put yourself in a position where you're going to be at the right place at the right time, hopefully with the right amount of experience to kill whatever it is that you're going to have task-wise. If you position yourself with that vision, we positioned ourselves with Justin Herbert two years ago, and now he's like, he's a real big deal. And we're reaping the benefit of that positioning. That was two years ago, and it was because somebody had the vision to see where, where things were going because they stopped long enough. And here's the lesson in this. They stopped long enough to contemplate it, to think about it, to take it apart, to put it back together, to turn it upside down, to just think through, okay, well, where, where else could this go? What are we missing, right? There's the low-hanging fruit, then there's the fruit up there. Where are we going with this? And it's, but it's a different mindset. And frankly, our education system doesn't do a good job of fostering that creative thinking. It fosters the thinking that is the check the box and it's do this thinking. to pass the class, do this right, to get the right. grade, do this to, yeah. But that's, that's what we're talking about in, in creating these plans. People lack the vision that right. they're looking at. Okay. Here's the best case scenario. This is what we want to do in a perfect world. But then they don't have the vision that you're talking about to look at it from so many different angles to see where the holes are, to see, right. okay. Well, I'm and that's intentionality, right? You, you're looking for the holes. You're yes. Not, it's, the, it's, it's backwards. You're looking to poke holes of why, why would this not work? How can we make this stronger? And what do we do How when we it doesn't better? work? Yeah. Yeah. You fix it. You figure it out. And that's, I mean, God, I've said that to my kids 4,000 times, figure it out. I'm going to let you figure it out. And so like, go back to the story where you're talking about the guys with the pallet. They don't understand it because they don't have enough. They don't have enough at bats to understand exactly how that the efficiencies pay off down the road. They just don't have the experience. Well, no, they haven't, they haven't had to take it apart and put it back together to, to do it right. Well, they have now pay the the penalty. (laughs) Exactly. Or, or reap the benefit of being efficient. Yes. If you're efficient, here's the funny thing. If you're efficient with it, you make more money and you have more time. Yep. Win, win. Yeah. I think that uh, it's everything, everything. I mean, I think you hit it when you talk about like generational differences. And that's what I talked about with Heather was I said, well, I have to step back and be like, I mean, these kids are, they're our kids age, you know, they're our kids. They're like, they're, they're in their they're early twenties. Right? They're calling the kids cause they're right. early twenties. Right. So I'm like, they got to understand, like I was raised differently than they were. Right. So, and, th- and that's what I have to step back and be like, Hey, okay. I was kind of like, you know, like 
you got to figure it out. And and here's the other part that they do not have control over. It wasn't their fault. They have technology telling them every fucking thing they do. They don't oh, have yeah. to know something because they just ask Siri or they type it in their phone or they watch a YouTube video, right? We we were the last generation of figure shit out. Like, we didn't have a phone. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have a way. We had to just, like, sit there and look at it till we figured it out. And it, it's just... I think it's affected them in, in such a bigger way where, like, they're just not thinking about it in a way of, like, okay. You Their know, brain doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. It doesn't. You know, the, the figure it out doesn't work. The figure it out for them is, oh, let me Google that. Hold on. Let me look that up. And and Google doesn't have job site experience. No, it's got the answer. It doesn't have the context. Exactly. It doesn't have the experience. Yeah. And, and that that is everything it's the why behind it i love that idea of you gotta i mean i was talking to my son today my son made a poor decision last night lied about something and it was a, a wonderful parental moment but i followed up with him today and i'm like dude i'm not mad at you but i need you to understand the why behind why i don't want you out driving around at three o'clock in the morning there's or a why, why i need to know where you are yeah, yeah. It, it's not because i want to control you I, you're, dude, you're a 16 year old kid. You're going to go do the stuff you're going to go do. But I want you to see my perspective of it. I want you to see a different perspective. And, tr and really, it's, it's training. It's training kids. It's training young adults. It's training old adults, frankly, yeah. of how to get out of the myopic point of view where they're only seeing how does something affect me. And that's something that is a cultural deal. Everything's all about me. Well, how does it affect a little bit bigger? How does it affect my family? How does it affect my neighborhood? How does it affect my community? When you're talking to the municipalities, okay, I, I hear you say you guys want A, B, and C, but how does that all fit together? Because you don't get to have all those at the same time without pulling this lever. You want higher taxes? Well, no. Well, then you don't get that result. It's the NIMBY. It's the NIMBY. So Heather's yeah. showing me. So here, this is a front page of our local newspaper um, that I'm saving. It's actually the day of our of our meeting. Um, and the front page, the front, the first uh, headline is P&Z split on Garnet Valley proposal. So basically, this was a multifamily apartment building complex, 316 units, right? Um, this developer was coming in to do this because of the fact that they'd been asking for affordable housing. They said, okay, they could make right. a lot more money building big cabins and selling them to people up here near the lake, right? Well, they're going to take their land and turn it into affordable housing and build this. Well, they're bragging about, in this article, they're bragging about how they shut it down. They're like, ha-ha, they're not getting that big development in here. 316 now, residences 316 gone. residential, uh, affordable residential housing. Now, I'm going to flip down to the... Lower part bottom of, of the, the they call that the bottom of the fold of yes. the same front page of the same paper, <laughs> and it says in the corner, McCall declares housing crisis. <laughs> Literally four inches from the two separating the two headlines, oh God, and funny. it's it's bragging about how they shut down this Garnet Valley proposal for apartments, and then it says McCall declares housing crisis. That's the kind of shit we're talking about. Like people are not thinking about you know, on how it goes. And, and you hit on a thing. I mean, I, I was a, a former planning and zoning commissioner. Um, a lot of people know me as the commish because uh -huh. I'm such a big deal. Uh, people call me that all the time because I'm huge. I'm they, a big deal. It, they it's, say, all, it's all in his dreams. They literally, people are like, dreams commissioner. And, and I say, yes. So big. 
so big. Okay. Uh, nobody right. said All that. Right. But anyways, um, but you talk about the NIMBYs, right? We talk about the NIMBYs, not in my backyard. You get these people, and they are like, I do not want you to build those those little houses in my backyard. I do not want you to build apartment complexes behind me. And you go, okay, do you want affordable housing? Oh, yes, people deserve affordable housing. My kids need affordable housing. Well, can we build that behind your house? No, you can't build that behind my house. Like, they they fucking don't think about like like your decision is affecting what you say your decision is like you're literally a, a, a walking talking oxymoron you're you literally are doing you know you're not thinking through the process like sometimes we have to give to get that process right there's going to be apartment buildings built if you want affordable housing because that's how that happens right um you know so it, it's it's mind-boggling to me that we're in a situation where people just can't really think it through but I, I'm hopeful that it's shifting. I mean, I think people are starting to like, wait a minute, let me think about this for a second. Well, and it, and it starts with, it starts with conversations, and it starts with, we have got to get over the idea that if I disagree with you, you're a monster. Oh, exactly. We've got to, we've got to get over the idea of canceling people out because they disagree, and it doesn't matter on what it is. You got to bring people to the table to disagree, and you got to find commonalities. But at the end of the day. Like, you have to start those conversations about, okay, I hear what you're saying. I know that affordable housing is a big deal. How do we, A, how do we define it? B, how do we achieve it without taxing more, without developing things in a way that is not necessarily a good thing for two generations from now? Like, it, it is, it has to come to the table and be thought out and holes poked in it. And and we got to quit pointing fingers and telling people that they're idiots. There's just a lot of things to learn where you're like, oh, that I didn't really ever think about it from that perspective. But there's also sometimes there's a give and a take, man. There's times where you're going to have to allow that quote unquote thing in your backyard. But the other side of that, too, though, is how exactly is that going to affect you? Mm. Is it going to increase crime? Is it going to increase your taxes? You have an impression that it's going to be this horrible thing. Well, what is it that's your impression, and is that true or is it not? Because the reality is, you have a you have a narrative that you're writing of why that's a bad thing. Is that accurate? The you know we could get into a real probably a whole nother podcast on this, but like I one of my conversation pieces on the affordable housing pieces. Why in a society have we consistently started bringing everyone down to the common denominator? Like, like we t- the lowest <laughs> right. common denominator, right? Like, so we're saying, well, we have to make houses cheaper. How how about we figure out a way to make people make more money? Like, how about we get people <laughs> to be more what? successful, right? Like, to, to budget you know, better. To we literally talk to people. This is no shit. We talk to people that are like, I cannot afford a house. Well, what do you do? I work 32 hours a week at the uh, right. at the brewery as a bartender, and uh, I sleep till noon. I come in, and I work from 1 to 10, and I, I work 32 hours a week so I can go skiing or, or uh, wakeboarding, and uh, I can't afford it. As they sit there and sip their $6 Starbucks coffee, they can't nice. afford There's affordable seven. housing. I mean, these, these, seven dollars now. And I realize <laughs> now that I, you know, like I look back and I'm like, I bought a house when I was 19. And I did it by working three jobs. So back right. then we weren't, nobody was talking about affordable housing. I bought my first house for 
$58,000 or whatever it was. What were you making well, per I, hour back then? Yeah, though? that's what yeah. I was about to ask. <laughs> yeah, and I was, you know, back then I was making like, I think at one job, seven fifty an hour, one job, nine fifty or nine bucks an hour. And then I was working, doing side jobs for construction jobs. And it was like, that's what it took for me to get enough money to buy a house. It wasn't like I was supposed to have a house working a 40 hour work week at a minimum wage job. That's not what affordable housing is, but that's what we've turned it into. Like everyone deserves right. a house. They should be able to, to just afford a house. Well, not on a, maybe not on a 40 hour a week job that they love and they, they don't make, you know, maybe you need to go get a different job. Maybe you need to work harder. Maybe you need to work a job and a half or two jobs. Or I'll, I'll even expand. Or stop buying right. Starbucks coffee. Maybe, maybe you need to pull up your tent stakes and maybe you need to move. Yeah. There's so places my, you can move. They're less my, expensive. Oh yeah. My neighbors, the, they just left on Monday. They were packing up all their stuff. And I'm like, are you guys moving? And I went over and talked to them. Um, immigrants from the Ukraine, hard, hard working folks, great family. And I'm like, are you guys moving? Yeah, we're, we're moving to Kentucky. And I was like, why Kentucky? And the dad's like, well, cause I can get land and it's better for my business and I can get twice the house for half the price. Mm-hmm. But Here's the thing. He's got the vision to see the value of moving. And sometimes that's what it takes. We're so enamored with the idea that this is our home and that this should never happen in our home. It's a supply and demand thing, man. There's a reason that people love this area. It's awesome. But at the end of the day, it might just be that you can't afford a BMW because it's a BMW. Again, thinking through the process, right? This guy saw what his goal was. He thought a way to do it, and he's he's right. executing it. And most people don't. They just say, I want an affordable house. Okay, well, there's a way for you to do it. Move to Kentucky. Well, I don't want to move to right. Kentucky. Yeah. Well, I want to afford a house here. Okay, then work two jobs. I don't want to work two right. jobs. Like, there's there's just, a there's just a stop <laughs> in the thought process where it's like it doesn't stop. But, you know, the funny part, and this is not, has nothing to do with the podcast, but I, I laugh because... I, I pull this number on people all the time. I'm like, all oh, these fucking people moving to Idaho. Well, you know that 40% of the people move out at the same time. So we're actually only netting 60%. Like, so like, you know, if a hundred people move here, 40 move out. So it's like, mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you understand we're losing 40, gaining 60. There's a 20 there. It's not, it's not a hundred people moving here. So like, but all we hear in the news is what's moving here. And it's so funny. I, I would love to ask, you know, our dear friend Buzz, who's been on the podcast, he he mm. loves to argue with me about all these fucking Californians moving here. That's a good Buzz um, impression. Yeah, thanks. And uh, he, you should see me. I can swing a golf club really hard, too, just like that. Is that what happened to my driver? Yeah, that's what happened. That's, that's how your driver broke. I was doing driver. a Buzz impression. Oh, okay. But, like, I would love to hear his take on that. Hey, you're so pissed off about people moving here. Are you okay with those people moving to Kentucky because you should be just as mad that they're leaving. If you're, you know, they're, they're good. Idahoans. What if they leave Idaho? Are they bad for leaving? Are you happy they left? And then are you angry for the people in Kentucky? Cause those people moved from Idaho. Like, like I wonder if people in other, in Kentucky where prices are cheap and people aren't moving to. So they're saying fucking, they're, Idahoans. fucking Idahoans moving here, <laughs> moving here from Probably. a beautiful place. And then they move here, you know, like, and, and the thing is, is like I, my daughter's roommate is from Kentucky, she's from Paducah, and she's a great person, and she loves Kentucky and talks about how wonderful it is. So, you know, everyone loves where they're at, different places, right? But, like, think through the process. Like, that guy 
thought through the process. And I applaud him mm-hmm. because he literally said, you know what? It's better for my business. It's not easy. This isn't the easy route. Working two jobs isn't an easy route. You know, we're going to work hard and we're going to figure it out. There's a funny nuance to that. He's also an immigrant. Right. He looks at he looks at this differently. If you go look at, if you kind of subdivide all of our demographics in terms of the whole discussion, if you were to look at the immigrant population, they're more more likely to move, obviously. They're more likely to do the hard work. They're more likely to be thankful for what they've got because it's a context thing of where they came from. Right. And yep. it's understanding the value of that. If, if you think about it that way, they're like two generations behind where we're at. My grandfather worked on an orchard and spoke German until he was 10. He learned English and taught his whole family how to speak English. And they they took over an orchard in Yakima and built it ground up. That's a different level of work than we've ever been used to. It's It's a different level of commitment to yeah. the life that you're creating, to the vision that you see for everything, which like your whole life is almost kind of like a, a business plan of what you're seeing and what you're striving to do. And if right. you like, you've got to have the vision to all these things that we're talking about, all the, all the, the bingo words that you're talking about tonight are, it, it all goes into like understanding the plan you're putting forward the issues with the plan, how to get around it, how to go over those hurdles, and how to make it happen. Right. Yeah. No, I it it's it's beautiful to see the the kind of the full circle of like, all right, here's here's people that just seem to not know how to work hard, and then hear about somebody like I said, an immigrant comes to this country and is like, I'm still working hard. He's still grinding. Came to Idaho, which everyone would think that's the promised land, right? And even he's sitting there with saying, I can make it a little bit better for my family if we move him to Kentucky. You know, and watching like, his kids, the, the really cool thing is watching his kids, right? So his his uh, middle boy is an electrical engineer in the making, right? So he's constantly doing things and flipping stuff and mowing yards. They're just constantly doing stuff because he's got a vision of what he wants to do. So over the last probably year and a half, he's been working on this uh, go-kart that he bought off of Facebook Marketplace. And he went through and designed and built the entire battery system and like the whole thing. Right. And he built it and it was super fast. And so he's like, yeah, and this thing was kind of not working right. So I welded this together and, and reinforced this. Like he's talking through all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, you're, you're a sophomore in high school and you're building a go-kart. And he's talking about the electrical system on it and the batteries and all these different things. He's got $5,000 into this go-kart. It's a go-kart. And so I'm like, dude, this is crazy. He's like, you want to drive it? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. So I get into this, I get into this go-kart. Now I have no idea how fast this thing is, right? It's a high school kid that built it. <laughs> I'm like, sure. And I kind of just mess around with the throttle. I'm like, oh man, this is thing. Wow. So I get out onto a little straightaway and munch it. And holy shit. <laughs> this is coming from a guy that was on the drag team. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It that go-kart is probably equally if not faster than my mustang i was <laughs> blown away so i go ripping around the cul-de-sac i come back and i'm like dude this is insane we wear a helmet for crying out loud don't die <laughs> but it was it was really cool to see him validated in the sense of 
he's put a lot of work into it. And he's taking pride a, in a, it. He's taking yeah. pride in what he's doing. He, he but, had a plan. He worked his plan. Yeah. He he went through and he found all the holes in his plan, and he still freaking built a badass golf cart. I wonder if he had any spreadsheets. Probably not. Well, I don't know. He might have had notes, though. Taking oh, notes. You notes. don't have to yeah. have spreadsheets. He had drawings. <laughs> She's had pointing drawings her finger stuff. at me for all of you that can't see <laughs> the video. Just, this just is her shaking her finger at me. A hundred percent of our listeners can't see you, just in case no, you need some, but you know some what? data. Feel it. <laughs> if they could, like, this is like a cool thing, because, like, Jody is on the iPad right here, and we've, I don't know what the program is that we're using, but... Right now, it's zooming in on Trevor for some reason, and now it's zooming back out. It's so weird, but it's like, it's got to be really trippy for for Jody on his side to see. It's just, I I can smell your hair. I mean, it's kind of Oh, yeah. (laughs) I don't know if it's if I move, so maybe if I move my hands, it'll come. No, I don't know why it's. I can smell your hair, too, Heather. I don't know why it's, like, (laughs) zooming in, but anyway. Well, I think we kind of, I think we got it on this one. I think we're pretty much covered on it. In conclusion, I think, I think, yeah, in conclusion, like what we've talked about, like the vision, the seeing all of that stuff, just being able to have different perspectives because you, like, we talked about this on uh, with the city and having a committee that they needed to have differing opinions, different um, perspectives. Right. That, the, that was okay. one of the things. This, this might be a little more than a conclusion thing, but like that, that's a good point too. They put together a group of people of like minded very like-minded, like all thought the same thing to make right. a committee to come up with this thing. No builders, no developers. Nobody with any education about the topic, just people that wanted this this you thing to all would work be out. Great? Is that the name of their, their <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the, you would be great. You want to be great committee? You want to be on that? Yeah. Do you, okay. It, do you think just like me? Perfect. You can be on the committee. Like it was You're literally, and, and it was brought up to their attention. Like, hey, did you have anybody like us on there? Like we're, you want affordable housing, but you have no builders on the account, on the committee. No builder, no developer. No developer. Nobody that can really talk to the numbers and then and this thing, the re, real world stuff. Right. Well, yeah, but we had a whole bunch of people that want affordable housing on here, and we, we, we came up with some ideas. And it's like, <laughs> we well, you won an award for our plan. Right. You gave yourselves the award. <laughs> uh, it was given to you by your your sister, your you know, place. But anyway, um, yeah, no, I, th- I think it's uh, <laughs> it's something that you, it's, it's, you can't have a bunch of the people believe in the exact same thing. You have to have some people that don't think the same yes. on your you know, in your team. Um, but I think too that it's it's super important for us to start this conversation and have the conversations with people regarding um, you know, okay, let's take it the next step. Like you know, I mean it's a, it's like Jody says with the parenting thing. It's like, okay, what next? Okay, then right. what's what's that gonna do? Okay, how do we do that? Like like it's it's we're so quick because I just think everyone's so worried about people's feelings and being positive and all these things that they don't they just want to go oh that's a great idea oh oh that's that's just a great idea Royal, good job okay well how about uh, you know one guy in the room has to go hey that's that's really great how are you gonna do it did you oh think well about we're this? gonna we're gonna do that. Oh, and then everybody claps. Oh, that's amazing. See, he had another answer. And then that guy's got to say, okay, but okay, but who's going to pay for that? Like you have to take that that one step, and it, and it's uh, it's just important that we, we all start doing that. And I don't care if it's politically, if it's parentally, if it's business-wide, managerially, like however you look at it, um, you life. know. Life in general. 
just yeah. ask that next question. And it's, it's kind of funny because I think in sales, we've been taught that forever. You know, like it's just been pounded into your head to be like, oh, well, what's that? You know, okay, so how does that product work for you? Is there anything that you, you know, could do better? Is there anything, like you're always asked to open-end question, you know, what can we do for you? Like how does that, how did that work for you? Is there some other product that, you know, what other products do you buy? Like keep asking questions and it's for whatever reason, we've just kind of stopped doing that. We've just been like, we get to the, we get to the meat and we just stop and we cheer and we move on. Well, it's the first right answer, right? Right. So I think I've told you guys this story. It's one of my favorites in terms of creativity. You take a classroom full of kindergartners and you go up to the whiteboard and you draw a, a dot on the whiteboard that's the size of a quarter. And you step away from the whiteboard and you say, what is that? And the hands go up and every kindergartner has five answers. It's a black hole. It's a bug. It's a this. It's a... Like they just come up with all these different answers. You do the same exercise with a classroom full of high school seniors and they look at you and then one person raises their hand that is a decimal point and you're like, correct. And then they'll slouch in their chair and they're like, whew, glad that's over. The idea of finding the first right answer and then giving up is part of the problem. Mm -hmm. There's more than one right answer and there's also things that tie to that right answer that might be actually the best answer but you've got to go past that first right answer it's the low-hanging fruit it's easy to pick the low-hanging fruit but the true reward on some of that stuff is some of that stuff that's higher up the tree and it takes effort and frankly sometimes you might fall out of the tree and then you learn well i don't want to climb the tree that way maybe i should get a ladder but that's not a very good ladder maybe i should invent a different ladder a little giant ladder that's great i love the i love the like yeah. The words on that, a little giant. That's genius. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're in Costco. Right. Exactly. But I, I anyway, it's, it's so it's such a that that's such a, a great example of it. Like so when Gavin was um doing his little landscape company and one one of Gavin's many businesses that he's already <laughs> done at nineteen years old. Uh, so, uh, my son like he, you know, he was talking to me, he's like, All right, dad, I want to do this, I want to do it good, you know what I do. I said, Well, the first right answer to take your, your analogy there, the first right answer, if you're there to mow someone's lawn is you mow their lawn. Right. right. And then you leave because you, you got the answer. You did what you did. That's what you told them you were going to do. And you get your check and you leave or you get your trash and you leave. Or for you young kids, you get your Venmo and you like leave. Like what's a, what's a um, check? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's like cash, checks, but different. Sir. And they're like, what's cash? It's like Venmo, but in paper. <laughs> but anyway, so like, you get your Venmo and you leave. And I told Gavin, I said, you want to really set yourself apart? And this is, he's like fucking 10. I said, you really want to set yourself apart? Pull some of their weeds. They didn't pay you to pull the weeds. Pull some weeds. Like you did the right answer. You got the first yes, right? You mowed their yard. You know what? Take your weed eater and run around the yard real quick. Even if they didn't pay you to weed eat, weed eat. Do something a little bit different. If you see something out of place, fix it. If they're, you know, if they're, you know, if they're, you know, bench on their front porch is askew, fix it. Like it's that one step farther that really that that like you said the neck that the, the first yes isn't the right you know the correct answer first correct answer right. kind of deal. There's a correct answer. Yeah, he did it correct. He mowed their lawn. 
But the one thing that people would say is like, he mowed my lawn and then he like, he pulled some weeds for us. And then like he did this for us and he, he brushed off the, you know, the, like he was blowing off where he mowed. And then he went all the way across our driveway and did the whole driveway and the, and up the sidewalk to the neighbor's house. Like those things are what puts you, you know, makes you different. And I, I say that and I try to tell, you know, even, you know, with our employees now, it's like, you know, Hey, like you picked up that water bottle that you dropped when you, you know, you threw down when you were drinking water. There's a wrapper over there that some other subcontractor <laughs> left. How about you take that next step, pick up that other wrapper or pick up his Gatorade bottle. We didn't drink any Gatorade today, but there's a Gatorade bottle over there. Pick up the Gatorade bottle and throw it away. You know, like that, that is such a, a different Always mindset of like beyond. that next thing, dude, don't stop. Don't just slump in the chair and say, yep, that guy got the answer already. It's done. It's over. We're done. Check that box. I'm done. Yeah. So anyway, I just I think that it's just important that we we go through these these processes, especially now in life with with all the different things that we're all involved in, whether it be associations or business or family or whatever you're involved with, that we we stop and look at things and go, okay, let's let's ask the next question. Let's try to figure out how we get to that point. Let's stop throwing things out as like, yeah, I want this. Okay, well, how do you, how do we get there? Like, I want that guy. That's the guy I want on my team. And there's one other wrinkle to this that we've talked about a hundred times. Recognize what you're good at, what you're not good at. Know what you don't know. Be humble about that. And then if you're not a good visionary, align yourself with somebody that is. Put that person on your team. Figure out a way to leverage your relationships in a good way that you can surround yourself with the right people that complement your skill set, your genius, and that that kind of supplement some of that stuff because that's a big big deal. If you're not good at that section of it, but you're if you're not good at being the visionary, but you're good at the logistics of getting shit done, align yourself with a visionary. Let them think of all these good ideas and then team up with that person and figure out how do we make that happen. That's Verb- and collab- verbalize it. Like people are yeah. so afraid to verbalize when they don't do something well. It's like I I know you guys are going to be shocked. I don't do spreadsheets very well. <laughs> reports or reports <laughs> so i don't fucking do them like but i but but i you know like I, I you know you do you have to like you this is what drives me crazy and i this happened to me years and years and years ago i hired a gal and she i it was do you know how to do quickbooks yep okay like you're good at it yep okay that that chick didn't know how to do shit in QuickBooks. She barely knew how to spell QuickBooks. She couldn't get into QuickBooks. She couldn't get out of QuickBooks. She couldn't. And it quickly became an issue where I was like, uh, hey, can you run me a PL? I need a PL on for this month. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know how to do that. Okay. So now I so like verbalizing what your weaknesses are is gives us the ability or anybody the ability to say, okay, here a lot. Okay, cool. Let me help you with that. But just fiddle fucking around with it, you cost me money. Like, and that's 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 a that yeah. could be big in construction. I mean, if you say you know how to do something and you don't know how to do it, dude, I'd rather you just say, you know what, I don't know how to do that. I don't even know what that tool is that you just told me to go get, let alone how to use it. So could you show me and I'll try to do whatever I can do? Like being coachable is a huge thing. Yeah. Right? Like being able to say, I don't know this or I didn't well, do this right and the, then the, the tell fake, me how. Yeah, the fake it till you make it. Doesn't no. work in construction. Not a fucking thing, man. That is not a thing. Like the, I just the fake it till you make it thing is 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 in very rare situations does that work? Dating sometimes. 
Back in my single days, make it till I make it. But we won't get into that. That's a different podcast. But that's a totally different podcast. Anyway, yeah. none of us yeah. are single anymore. We can't have any of those cool conversations. So Jody <laughs> fucked it up. Now he can't even be the token single guy. We can still talk about is it all of dumping the other rain stuff? outside. It is. Oh, yeah. got the headset on. I'd take the house on. I just started hearing something sound like a helicopter landing. It's uh, you know, apparently an, dumping yeah, rain. Yeah, in an ICF house, uh, you don't. Unless you're upstairs, you don't hear <laughs> you don't shit. Hear shit. <laughs> anyway, all right. Any closing thoughts, Spanky? No, no. I I like the idea that I mean I'm going through that process of visioning and putting all that stuff out there and looking at the process. And I've never built a house before. So for me, it's it's stressful, it's fun, it's challenging, it's a puzzle. It's and scary. I'm going, it's terrifying. And I'm looking at it, and it, everything's got a price tag to it. I'm like, I want a power outlet there. And they're like, that's $100. I'm like, wow, that's guys. Okay, well, you should talk soul. to some of the people on the city councils we talked to. You can just get it. Just have it. You don't have yeah, to. Yeah, you yeah I want that. Outlet. You get an outlet. But Everybody you know what? You know that. what? This is something that we talk about all the time is – you grow when you do those things that make you uncomfortable. Yeah. And this is one of those things that makes you uncomfortable. And it's so fun to watch for, oh, for it's, us. It's terrifying <laughs> for me, but here's the thing. It's, My, it's amazing. Especially like when say that hypothetically speaking, the gal you're dating <laughs> just takes your wallet from you at the golf course and tells you that you're <laughs> buying everybody drinks and you're like, uh, no, I'm whoa, what? Yeah. And she's yeah, like, uh, uh, yeah, you're buying this round. That's pretty yeah. fun to watch you grow. Yeah, I was yeah. I was wondering what that was. That, <laughs> that was growth, on that, bud. On that credit and thank you. Like, yeah, yeah, we appreciated it. Hell, I don't remember getting that many drinks that afternoon. <laughs> it's growth. You're expanding, bud. Yep. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. But but worth it, right? Because at yeah. the end of the day, my vision goes down to wow. sitting on a patio letting the cool breeze blow across us after we got done golfing, looking out across the driving range at my new home. Yeah. You guys watching you guys go through that of going up there and, and seeing you guys pour the foundation and get all the walls up and all these different things to sitting on your patio. I mean, seeing that had I, and honestly, had I not seen you guys go through your journey of doing that, I would look at my situation differently because what you guys showed me is, yeah, actually that's possible. You just do it. Well, how do you do it? Well, you just figure it out. If you've got questions, ask. Because yep. you guys have, that's right. That's your area of expertise. Yep. And there's been a number of times where I'm like, hey, is this normal? It is? Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. Have you ever so. seen anything like this? Put your pants back on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jody, stop hey, FaceTiming us. Hey, we're not talking about your GFY <laughs> stuff, so... We're turning off your FaceTimes, dude. We're done. <laughs> you are grounded. Anyway. Uh, All right. Well, thank you, uh, everybody, for tuning in. This is uh, another another good one, I think, where we uh, solved a lot of world problems. I, I can't wait to hear what we come up with for our next episode because after, like, our next one is going to be after GFY and, oh, yeah. and after Widows of GFY. Girls Weekend. Yeah. yeah. By the way, nice job getting that thing organized. Thanks. It's It's... Yeah, I had a whole lot of time to do that, so I yeah, still got to. Sure of extra time. <laughs> I still got to send out a group text, but we're gonna have fun. It's it's gonna yeah. be a shit show, but you know that's what makes it fun. Yeah, Sarah's very excited. 
Good. That'll be a good time. And and um, like I said, it's it's gives us it's funny we get a lot of content out of hanging out with a bunch of the dudes from all over the country and stuff like that. So it's really fun. So we've got another episode coming up where I am. Uh, I did, did you? T- I tell you about the the book we read, the uh, Unreasonable Hospitality, Jody. Uh, we talked about it on a podcast, but I think you had just started it. Yeah. So oh, anyways, yeah, we, nice we finished the book where we are going to talk about that. It is maybe like a two parter. It's, it's, it's good. really good. And like then, it's got some amazing, I'll, I'll, if anyone wants to, uh, read ahead on the podcast and wants to go read an amazing business book called unreasonable hospitality. Um, it is phenomenal. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about it. So there'll be a, a total, uh, what do they call that? We, uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, because oh, we're yeah. going to talk about yeah, it. But, gonna, um, yeah. but it's just like good that. stuff. It's it's just great, great stuff. And it's probably one of the most unique business books I've ever read. Um, I would put it right there with um, with Jocko Willenick, um and Leaf Babin, uh, um, Extreme Ownership. Yes. Extreme Ownership. Yes. And this book are very much at the top of my list for just very unique uh, applications of something that in my mind, I'm like, I don't, I, I wasn't in the military. I was in the Cub Scouts. As a lot of, you know, I was in the Cub Scouts, uh, in yeah, third grade and I got third place in the Pinewood Derby. A lot of people know that it's a big, big story. I'm still, I'm still proud of you. It's still, yeah. Still talked about, uh, in, in the greater Boise Metro nope. area. Um, <laughs> yeah. my Pinewood Derby car was amazing. And anyways, uh, but like extreme ownership and uh, not knowing anything about the military, listening to that and pulling it directly into my business stuff was amazing. This is a book about uh, the restaurant business, which I've never worked in. As you can tell by my fat ass, I've eaten at a lot of them, but I've never worked at any of them. Um, <laughs> was something I know nothing about, and I completely, by the end of the book, feel like I know a lot about the restaurant industry, and I feel like it is so dictated it it just transition it translates so much into any business and any yep. sales and any shit i mean probably relationships just just being unreasonably you know good at something or going over the top so far that people just are like dude that's just unreasonable how good you do that that's amazing so anyway we'll get into that too then, that'll probably be post you wise yeah that'll be good and then you've got some rants that you know, we've we've been talking about, and you just get all fired up on on yeah. different topics. And part of it comes from that book, comes from unreasonable hospitality yeah. and yeah. In business. So. Uh, we do have a guest lined up, um, Maggie Carey. Oh, that's right, gal that we went to high school with. I talked to her at our reunion that you missed. We missed you a lot, mm-hmm. but she is a director down in Hollywood, and really cool story of just the vision of what she wanted to do a long time ago um, and what it takes to get there. But she's, I mean, she's done some really cool directing on some different shows. Brooklyn nine, nine is one that she directed a bunch of a couple other shows that you would probably recognize that I can't remember, but just well, her, being mo- able to, her movie, the to do list was yeah, a very great, good movie with movie. a lot of big, big, big name actors yeah. and stuff in it. And pretty cool. So, really kind of a cool perspective in, in the sense of the entertainment industry and how long does it take to make it? Right. What does it take to make it? And just that idea of putting in the work and never giving up. So um, that'll be here probably, probably in the next month or two. So I'll reach out to her and That'd be cool. we'll get a hold of her. Yeah. Well, right on everybody. I think we uh, 
Probably wrap hey, that we're thing up. We hit it right on one hour. Yeah. Good. Good trying, job. Trying Good to job. And, and remember, hour. we got to go back to that like twenty minute mark somewhere in there to get yeah. a recording where Trevor said he made a mistake. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I should turn it into one of those songs. Sorry, I can't hear you. Yeah, I like that idea. <laughs> oh what? No, I can't. I'm sorry, the the extras on. I can't hear you guys. Hide your kids. Hide your wives. Trevor Brown was wrong. What? Check us out at Havoc Partners on Instagram. DM us if you have any ideas, any show ideas you want to see. We're happy to do it. So appreciate you guys share the podcast. Have a good night. Good night.